So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas my friends welcome to the six figure photography podcast my name is ben hartley thank you so much for being here this podcast is dedicated to helping you grow your business and i'm really thankful uh, that you guys have tuned in today today's episode is a little bit different um, many of you guys know this. Uh, however, I got to say, based on the numbers, many of you do not know this. Um, let me tell you, I have a, a mastermind group on Facebook. And in this mastermind group, I have conversations uh, with with entrepreneurs, just like on the podcast every Wednesday. And then in that mastermind group, I do daily live videos, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m., really continuing thoughts that maybe are started here on the podcast, and then I continue them in that group. Um, and so I guess the first thing that I want you guys to hear from me is come and join and be a part of that group. Uh, it's a free community. It's over on Facebook. Uh, it, you can get it at Six Figure Photography, S-I-X, sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. Okay. There's about 9,000 other photographers already in that community soaking up the value. Now, I'm bringing this community up because the podcast episode that you're going to hear is a conversation that I had uh, with one of my mentors, Dan Tacchini, and it was actually held privately in that mastermind community, but it was so interesting to me. It was so different and, and I think uh, valuable that I wanted to bring that conversation outside of the mastermind group and over here to the podcast. Now, before I share any more about uh, Dan Tacchini and the conversation that you're going to be listening into today, it really is. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a whole podcast episode, really. Uh, I also want you guys to know that in that mastermind group, when you join it, uh, one of the first things that I want to encourage you to do is go click over on the units section of the group. There's a little portion on the, on the Facebook group called units. And if you click on that, there's a number of, of sections that you can take a look at. Um, there's one on more booking and sales strategies. There's one on in-person print sales. There's one on mindset. There's just uh, one on, uh, let's see, I'm scrolling through here right now, business development. And there's another one called workshops. And these workshops are goal and they are a perfect place to start when you join the mastermind group. There's a workshop on um, pricing, how to earn more money without lowering your prices. Um, I'm sorry, uh, how to, here, let me look at the actual title I'm going to click on here. It's a pricing workshop on how to, um, uh, how to earn more money without raising your prices. Okay. How to earn more money with photography without raising your prices. A lot of people, you know, uh, say, well, just charge more money. I've got ideas on how to earn more without just simply raising your prices from a strategy standpoint. Um, there's another workshop on how to book and price small weddings and elopements with, with COVID and everything happening with postponements and downsizing of weddings. That's becoming more and more important to be able to do that. I've got a whole workshop on Instagram uh, and and my big picture strategy on a new way to approach that platform. Uh, that was pure gold. I got so much feedback from that one. There's another one on three ways to separate yourself from every other photographer, get more bookings. And then just recently, uh, as in last week, I posted up a workshop on how to eliminate getting ghosted. Uh, so those are great places to start uh, once you join the mastermind group. Now, 
Let me introduce today's conversation for you guys because uh, it's it's a, it's interesting um, and it, it's a little bit different. Um, Dan Takini is uh, he's a mentor of mine. He's someone who has trained me uh, in conversations. He's trained me in in self development. He's trained me in transformational coaching. So he's been my coach, but he's also the person who trained me to be a transformational coach. Okay, so not only am I a full time. A photographer and I'm a consultant for photographers to help you guys grow your business but I'm also a transformational coach and so in a lot of ways I consider what I do uh, or I consider my title or role in this industry in in that I am a, a transformational creative consultant right and that I help you with your business development and your pricing and your lead generation but I also really um, I, I would say Hold ourselves accountable, myself included. Hold ourselves accountable to exactly you know what it is that we got in this life, like how we are showing up in our business, just as a being, as an individual. Like, like man, how much of my results aren't about the strategies, aren't about the tactics, but it's actually about how I'm just showing up in life, how I'm showing up with my mindsets and my beliefs and, and, and what kind of results that's getting me. And so Dan Takini and I have a really interesting conversation where um, I get a chance to dive in on this with him. And, and we do a little bit of live coaching. In all reality, Dan actually kind of coaches me um, through some some different ideas during this conversation, uh, and um, it's a it's a pretty interesting conversation that I was. It's very vulnerable, I, I guess I would say. I, I you know like I kind of opened up about life, and 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 we just kind of got into the woods a little bit. And so I hope it, it encourages you. I hope it empowers you. I hope you take something away from this. Um, and I'll leave you with this. Um, in case you're you're considering, why would I listen to this episode of the podcast, right? This is all about growing your business. Well, Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn is the coach of Tony Robbins. And Jim, Jim Rohn says this. Uh, he says that if you want to make a salary, if you want to make a living, then you'll work hard on your business, if, however, you want to make a fortune, if you want to make a legacy, then you will work hard on yourself. And today's conversation uh, may just help you do that. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, without further ado, this is an episode of Heart to Heart from the Six Figure Photography Mastermind Group uh, with Dan Takini. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like, like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Do you remember when you started your photography business, like it was no small feat. It took late nights. It took early mornings. It took the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier? Uh, our friends at FreshBooks, they have the solution. So FreshBooks 
is invoicing and accounting software, and it is designed specifically for small business owners, not like massive shops, small business owners. It is simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized. Uh, well, then, uh, for me, it's, it's like the bottom drawer of like my Ikea furniture, but maybe you're like the shoebox kind of person with the crumbled receipts. Either way, with FreshBooks, you create and send professional-looking invoices in like 30 seconds tops, and then you get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is my biggest downfall is that organization for tax time. And here's the best part. With FreshBooks, it grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. So join the 24 million people who have used FreshBooks. There's a 30-day free trial. There's no catch. There's no credit card required. 30 days free. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography. Freshbooks.com forward slash photography and enter six-figure photography. And how did you hear about us? That's the little section there. How did you hear about us? Six-figure photography. You guys, at this point... Let's hop back to the show. All right. How is everybody doing? Happy Wednesday, my friends. Good to see you guys here. I can't see any of you, actually. What, what, <laughs> what am I talking about? Uh, but I'm glad to have you guys here. I'm going to give you all about 30 seconds, a minute to get into this live stream. And I'm, I'm going to pull up comments on my phone. I don't have like my sexy live stream app today because I'm doing an interview here. And, um, and so I can't put your comments on screen. I can't see them live pop up, but I will have them on my phone. So I'm going to pull that up right now. I want to know from you guys who is watching. This group has been growing and it's been wild. It's been awesome. I'm loving uh, the interaction that's occurring. I would love to know right now if this is your first time catching me live. Let me know in the comments uh, if it is, because I'd just like to you to know that I'm grateful for you. So, so let me know. So, uh, so I can see who you are. Otherwise, if you're used to seeing me, um, then still say hi to me. I get lonely over here. You guys, you don't understand how lonely I get. Um, all right, let me pull this up. Okay, here we are. Boom. I got it. Hey, Dorothy, excited to have you here in the live stream. I see you watching. All right. I got you guys pulled up here. So you guys comment away. Um, let me give you a little bit of an introduction um, for to what I'm up to over here. So, hi, I'm Ben. <laughs> I'm running a, a full-time wedding photography studio. And then um, I host the Six Figure Photography Podcast. And in this community, Monday through Friday, I produce live video content. A lot of times it's the stuff that I'm thinking of, the stuff that I'm working on in the business, and just kind of bringing it um, train of thought style to you guys. Now, apart from these live interactions, um, a couple times a month, I do these dedicated workshops. And so the next workshop is going to be on Monday, October 5th. And it is going to be on how to eliminate getting ghosted by your leads. I think it was like appropriate with ghosting in October. I, I thought I'd be cheeky about it. Uh, so eliminate getting ghosted. Make sure that you attend it. It's free. It's awesome. It's going to be dope shit, you guys. And I ain't going to sell you anything at the end. So please show up. 3 p.m. EST. Hey, Isabel, I see you in the comments. Joanna, good to see you as well. Okay, cool. So um, what else should you know? Oh, you should probably earmuff your kids. Either that or put headphones on. Chances are I'm going to swear. So just a good little, <laughs> little heads up is all. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. If you're catching the replay, I pay attention. You guys, please understand this. I pay attention to who comments and who engages in this group. So let me know, even if you don't catch it live, type replay, because when y'all DM me on Instagram or you email me, uh, I don't open the door to strangers, okay? <laughs> but when I see you interacting with my content and I see you guys talking to each other, um, I open the door and, and, and I'll help you out. So I just want you guys to know that I pay attention to these things. So without further ado, y'all, um, today, you know, Wednesdays, I dedicate to this thing that I've decided to call heart to heart because my parents have the last name of Hartley and, and, and that's also cheeky. And so heart to heart, heart to heart is every Wednesday and it's an opportunity for me to have a conversation, just a real genuine, maybe even a little bit more long form conversation 
um, with a friend of mine. Now, if they're not a direct friend of mine, sometimes and oftentimes they're people that I, I just want to be more connected to. Like I see them in the industry and I'm like, I want to be your friend. Will you talk with me? And so uh, it's a little bit of, of either of those things. Today, I, I have the joy uh, of actually having a friend on the show, someone who I'm deeply connected with, and um, I'm looking forward to introduce him to you guys. And so today I got Dan Takini with me. And um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to share my screen here. So, or not share my screen, but change the view. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. So this is Dan Takini, you guys. Um, Dan Takini, uh, listen, I'm not sure exactly what, what the... <sighs> Uh, what the title would be like, like, but you are, um, you know, co-owner, I don't know what it is of taking new ground. You know, it's like, you're, you're one of the main people over at taking new ground. And um, I want to give you guys a little bit of a, a history for, for my interaction uh, with Dan um, is Dan, oh, man, where do we, where do I begin? So who, man, maybe it was like three years ago. I started getting coached. I started getting trained. I felt like I hit a number of, um, I don't know if they were, they were kind of roadblocks in my life. I, I just felt kind of limited and I needed to see what else was possible. I reached out and I um, actually, Caitlin James, uh, many of you guys know Caitlin James, she recommended a coach of hers. And so I started getting coached by this amazing woman. Um, her name's Julia Woods. And, um, but Julia was trained by Dan. And um, after a while, I went and I, I, I got, um, uh, I did some training with Dan. And then I was so impacted by the coaching that I was receiving. Um, and my wife was so impacted by the coaching that she was receiving that I decided to invest further effort and energy into getting trained to be a coach. And so, Dan, was it last year or was that two years ago? Uh, I think it was maybe it was a year last, and a half. Yeah, a year and a half ago. About a year so and a half ago. Year and a half ago, um, I went through a program uh, with Dan Takini and his team uh, to get trained as a transformational coach, and um, and now Dan continues to coach my wife and I um, individually and through our marriage. And so um, I uh, have a, a profound respect for Dan and what he's doing at taking new ground. And I wanted to bring him to you guys and introduce him to you guys, and um, and have a conversation. And so um, so that's what we're up to. Dan, where, where are you at right now in the world? I am in Hills. I'm outside Hillsburg, California in the Alexander Valley. I live on a 11 acre organic farm right yeah. in the middle of the vineyards. Okay, and wild. So, nice. You, have you been affected by all the smoke and the air pollution? Uh, yeah, today it's beautiful out. But yeah, it got so bad we left for a week last yeah. about 10 days. We left about 10 days ago, came back about three days ago. Okay. And yeah. stayed out for a week. It was so bad. One day it never got light. It, it was, we got up and it was like no sun. It was like, just like in the evening. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, this has been really a, this has been a wild ride. Um, so it's Leslie's and my uh, 10 year anniversary. Well, this year has been our 10 year, right? So back in May. So it's been over 10 years. Yay. We made it. We made it past 10. And uh, so we were, we went to, we were set to celebrate our 10 year anniversary and we had uh, booked a trip out to Italy, Lake Como, Italy. And then, and then the COVID hit. And so that was a bummer. And we decided, well, listen, we're going to go to Yosemite. And um, so then we, we, we had everything set for Yosemite. It's like this week was when we're going to be leaving here next week, actually, the, on, uh, on Monday. And then everything just caught on fire. It's like Yosemite was on fire. And so, um, so then we rescheduled like two days ago and we decided, well, we're not giving up on this. We're going to keep pushing through. And we, we were looking at where we could even go. And uh, so then we were playing around with the idea of going to the Maldives, uh, these little private resorts, you know? And um, nice, nice. well, and then that fell through yesterday. <laughs> oh man, it's like that's not gonna happen either with flights. So, long story short, we're just gonna go to Florida. We're just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna go to Florida. But uh, I was telling my wife Leslie, I messaged her today, and I was just like, I'm just excited, actually, at the fact that we're doing it. Like that we like there every time it was a no. I mean, I'm talking about we fully booked everything. We paid for everything, and then we had to go back and cancel it and try to get refunds and. And so I was messaging her today and I was just like, I, th there's something actually even more meaningful in the fact that like, we've, we've, we've hung with it. <laughs> like, we're going to do something. We're going <laughs> to celebrate each other. We're going to create this space 
to enjoy one another here for a week. And so uh, I'm looking forward to just good old Florida, man. Anyhow. Where are you going in Florida? We're going to go to uh, the Keys. We're going to go to Key Largo. Oh, nice. uh, we found a little, uh, uh, like a nice little all-inclusive resort and we're just going to chill out and we're going to read and we're going to focus up and just kind of be with ourselves <laughs> and each other and yes. not even do anything, uh, really. Right That's going to be the, right the aim. So we got six days of, of that. So I'm looking forward to it. Cool, man. Yeah. Dan, yeah. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit of... Uh, man, I know you've got a huge story with it, but a little bit of of what has drawn you into the transformational coaching space. You know, like why are you doing this? <laughs> well, it's um, for me, it's a pretty personal thing. I my mother was a manic depressive schizophrenic, and I grew up, and it was a you know crazy childhood. And but I got to really get to know her. It was effort, right? And I learned, I think at 12, I read my first book. It was called Gestalt Therapy Verbatim, written mm -hmm. by a guy named Fritz Perls, who's one of the kind of one of the founding thinkers around this place called Eslon. And I would go, I became a go-between between my mother and a psychiatrist. And I just really learned how to communicate with her because, you know, and it, she eventually got out of the hospital and lived a very... Um, healthy life on her own, but they said she'd never be able to do that. And I just couldn't believe that kind of prognosis from my mother. So it started really back then. I really got interested in how to communicate and to connect with people um, and with her first. And then it kind of went into later on uh, when I went through high school, I did this thing called Crucio. It's mm -hmm. a kind of a, it's a, Oh, it, it's a Catholic, the Catholics put it on. I went to a Catholic school and we would, we, it's a communication thing where you work with each other. And it was our senior year and we were communicating with our class and clearing things that we judged about each other. And, you know, just kind of worked on communication. I really liked it. And yeah. eventually my father had done a thing in the human potential movement called Life Spring. And he came to me and said, this is what you ought to be doing. You know, I have a knack for business. But uh, I come out of a family of entrepreneurs, but I'm not nowhere near the kind of have the joy or the kind of entrepreneur my father or my brother are. Hmm. But, I, but my dad used to say, don't worry about business. It'll come, it'll take care of itself. Go be a priest. That's what he always thought I was going to be a priest. But, you know, the celibacy, the celibacy thing got me a little crazy. So <laughs> it kind of was a next for you after. This yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, I did get ordained, but my background is in philosophy, theology, and neuro, you know, neuroscience. That's what my studies have mm -hmm. been. And I've worked, uh, I, I, my, we have a consulting firm and we do a lot of work with startups and founders and some very large companies like Nike. And um, we've worked with Disney and ESPN. And, you know, we're, we've got some really cool companies like Hyperloop that we're working with. We work with their executive teams or their boards or their executive teams and boards. And we work with, doing culture change and our implementations of programs that they're trying to do, or if they get stuck, we're good at helping them, you know, get unstuck and start producing the results they're committed to. Yeah. So that's basically what we do. That's awesome. I dig yeah. it, man. You know, this, maybe this is a great conversation to have uh, or a good segue into it because what you just described is working with, so I introduced you as a transformational coach and, and now we're talking about, um, the involvement of, of working with enterprises, with, with businesses and helping them get unstuck. And I think that, well, maybe I'll also, I, I, I share this quote a lot of times in the mastermind group, um, Jim Rohn. Do you know Jim Rohn? <laughs> yeah, um, he's passed. But um, yeah. so, so Jim Rohn has this quote and I just I adore it. But he says, um, if you want to make a salary, if you want to make a living, then you'll work hard on your business. <laughs> if you want to make a fortune if you want to make a legacy then you'll work hard on yourself <laughs> and um and I, I i find that really poignant um and i'm and i'm curious for the photographers who who are looking to run their business um uh, man I'm, I'm trying to think of the actual question here it's it's like um 
are those two different things like working hard on your business and working hard on yourself? The fact that you're a transmissional coach, but then you go and you work with Disney and Nike and Hyperloop. And um, Julia and Julia. And Julia. Ever, so, so where does it, where does it fit in? Where, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I think what he's getting at, or at least when I hear that quote, what comes up for me is if I work on my business, I'm, that's going to work. I'll get some success out of that, right? You can become very successful at business. But business is actually a one of the three definite callings that we all have, right? One is our calling to a calling, to a vocation. And the other one is, a, the other two are a calling I have to develop myself, and then the calling I have to another human being, a partner, a life partner. And if I... The one constant in all three, or in the two, is me. And I am the context for my business. And the crazy thing is, if whatever I'm blind to, I will not be open to, right? So so whatever you're blind to, you will not be open to. I, I, it'll seem like a threat. Like if, let's say somebody, it happens all the time with executives. Somebody brings something in, they see something that's not working, and they have an idea to, to correct it. Well, first I have to recognize, is it working or not? And I might say, well, that doesn't matter, right? But it very well might matter. I just don't see how it matters. And if I'm not open to how it matters, I may miss something, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and it may be something, there's two basic issues I find in business, two basic problems. I don't care if you're a photographer or if you're, the, you're running Disney, right? It's, there's two blocks. One of them is my ego, like my fear of looking bad, my need to look good, my need to you know, be in control, all the different things I do to take care of myself. And uh, the other thing, and, and that usually, by the way, shows up like a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. If I feel I'm threatened, then I'm going to react to it. So if somebody brings me something that they think on my team is important and they can show how it sits with a vision, if I don't think it's important, um, because I'm afraid of how it might look, make me look, then I'll push it away. That's an ego issue, right? Mm -hmm. The other issue is the blind spots. So there's ego and blind spots. And blind spots, we all have them because neurologically, we only can take in a very small portion of what information or data is coming to us. Yeah. And so we all have blind spots, particularly if we're looking for something specific, when it narrows our view down then we're gonna have more blind spots. And so, and the crazy thing about a blind spot is they don't feel, they, they, they feel like they're taking up time. It's like, this is a waste of time. That feeling is the indication that it could be a blind spot and it could be a waste of time. You don't know, <laughs> but you, and this is the dilemma and you don't know if it's a blind spot or a waste of time till you look into it. So you gotta have some ways of looking into it to assess in a fairly short amount of time, is this a blind spot or am I missing something here? Is it something, or is it a waste of time, right? Mm. So those are, and I've found that that's how breakdowns, and there's a way to get around those. There's a way to work through those. Most people, a way, and what I mean is, there's a way of being in those situations, like being aware of my ego is one thing, and then being checking into that. And most people don't like that. It's frightening because to get aware of it is like, oh, geez, I'm going to make myself vulnerable, which business is a vulnerable endeavor. Yeah. Right? And so, and then when I'm vulnerable, I'm open to be hurt. I'm open to, you know, I could get hurt somehow. But in order to make powerful decisions to break through to whatever's next, I'm probably going to have to challenge my my comfort zone or, you know, that little box I live in that I'm used to. Yeah. And that takes some effort. And that's scary because when you get into the territory you've never been in, then you're feeling vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the ego comes up to protect you, to pull you back. Yeah. And the other side is if I don't and think about this, if it's a blind spot and I think that I shouldn't have any blind spots, that I should have all the answers. <laughs> then my then my ego is going to get hooked up into that too, right? So, yeah. so a lot of our work is really about getting a hold of yourself, kind of your machinery, because your brain is a machine, your body is a machine, and there are certain things it's programmed to do to protect you. And if you know what those are, then you can 
you can get a hold of those things. You can kind of look through or past your ego and see what's going on. And you can look into blind spots. Mm-hmm. And that we have a very specific way, as you know, of, oh, yeah. of we have a very specific way of inquiring to help people do that. Yeah, it's awesome. There's a, another quote came up for me as you were sharing um, in regards to blind spots. At, at least I think it's about blind spots. But, um, and I think it's Einstein who said it. Sometimes, do you ever feel like people just fucking say that Einstein quoted something and I'm like, did he really quote <laughs> did he, that? He got checked. <laughs> <laughs> or are you just throwing like dash Einstein? Einstein. <laughs> How do you question that, right? Yeah. It's like putting God down there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So there's this quote that might be from Einstein, and I'm going to butcher it, but the idea of the quote is that the same level of thinking that got you to where you are or that that got you into the problems that you're currently solving won't be the same level of thinking that'll get you out of it or to the next level of problems, right? Yeah, the the thinking that created the problem is insufficient for resolving it. It's something like that. That that was better. That was better. Yeah. And so is that, is that quote kind of speaking to blind spots? Yeah, absolutely. So focused up on, on this is the solution. This is what I need to solve right now that you can't get to the next level of. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, this, what we say is the system is created. The system is designed to create the results that it's getting. The system is designed to create the results that it's getting. Right. So so think of it this way. If you have a chronic complaint, just think about something that comes up all the time. Like, oh, I can't believe this person's that or this vendor, this client. Like, like you were talking about getting ghosted by clients. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you've got to... People keep right. blowing me off. <laughs> right, exactly. And so if it keeps going on and it becomes a chronic complaint, then there's something that you must be getting out of it. There's something that you're satisfied with, even though it bothers you. And, and, and that's, that's a, because you stay with it. But you have ways to get through that. So you ask yourself, how do I stop this? And you obviously have taken some risks and probably have some ways of thinking and acting that will eliminate, to a large degree, being ghosted. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you, you decided to transcend the complaint. Yeah. I, I, so that notion right there... I think a lot of people would take issue with. And so I'd like to stay on that one for a minute. Please. I know. <laughs> so, I've been beat up on that a few times. Keep going. <laughs> no, you know, for people who are listening, what Dan just suggested is that the thing that you complain about, you know, like um, whatever it is in the situation, the ghosting or, or, you know, you don't have enough time. I think that's a big one is like, that's I a don't big have one. enough time where that's a big complaint that I have. It's like, well, my, I need to keep getting home to take the kids to school or I need to be home to be with my wife or I need to be home for dinner. Um, and uh, so time is a big one. We could talk about that. Right. Yeah. So that's when I constantly complain about. And what you said, Dan, is that if I complain about it, it must mean that I get something out of it, that there's a payoff. If you complain about it and it continue, it's continuing to go on, so you complain. Okay. If it's chronic, okay. then the first thing I would do is ask in my life when it happens for me, because it does, I'm wearing the t-shirt. It's not like I don't have my complaints. You sure, uh, sure. It's, it's because you know, to be a coach or consultant, you better be working on yourself. You know, and you better have coaches yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so if I'm complaining about it, I've got to ask myself, I wonder, what am I getting out of having life show up this way? Because there's one thing I know for sure. If I can't get what I want, I can get rid of what I don't want. I got to pause again. I gotta, sometimes I have to restate what you say just so I can. Sure. If I can't get what I want, then I can get rid of what I don't want. Then I can get rid of what I don't want. Right. Okay. So I might not be like, like you could see this in the culture. If people don't, if they don't like the marriage they have, they get rid of it. A lot of people just get divorced. No bad. I'm not making any judgment on that. I'm just saying that's evidence. Of if you don't want something, you can get rid of it. Yeah. And if I don't want to be, you know, there's a number of things if I don't want to have in my life, I can get rid of them. I'm tracking. Yeah. Right. So, so if I still have this complaint about this thing, I must not want to get rid of it. At least I know that I there's something I'm holding on to because there's some value in it. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm complaining about it, it's there. 
it continues. So I must be getting something from it. If I can get in touch with that, that helps me understand the value of the current situation. Mm. Like I'm getting this out of that. Maybe I want to continue to do that. But it, now what am I complaining about? What is it I want that I haven't gotten real about? What is it that, and a lot of times a complaint, a chronic complaint is a, is a frustrated request. A lot of times. A chronic complaint is a frustrated request. What do you mean? A lot of times. So, you know, Ben, he's just, you know, I, every time we're together, he seems to, you know, he, he shows up late, right? Let's just do that. <laughs> oh, you know me. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it, it really starting to bug me, right? Yeah. Now, um, there's a request there. I, ben, can we talk about this? I'd like you to be on time. Is it possible for you to be on time? Will you be on time the next time we talk, right? It's like that. Right. But maybe I don't tell you that. That's why I'm complaining. I don't want to risk your disapproval. Maybe I want something from you. Who knows what? But whatever it is, I'm unwilling to ask why I'm unwilling to ask you for it is probably going to lead me to understand what the rewards are that I'm getting or benefits, pay payoffs I'm getting for the condition I say I don't want. Well, so let's play that out because I, I think that some people who are watching this may need like a little bit more context. So in that example, you're you're complaining that I'm always late in the relationship. And uh, let's say you're my, you're a big client of mine. Yeah. And, 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 you know, let's say I've got a lot of my livelihood tied up in your business. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't want to upset you. So I don't, I don't, like, I don't want to address your being late. Mm -hmm. And it's caused me some trouble because it caused me to be late for other, you know, if maybe we run over in time, there's, Maybe there's some things going on in the background that irritate me, but I'm a, I don't want to talk to you about it mm. because I'm afraid if I talk to you about it, you might get offended and leave. So your approval is more important to me than me having it, you show up on time at that mm -hmm. point because I'm afraid. And uh, so I wonder what else I'm not willing to say to you that might be really good for the relationship. Mm. and for the business but i don't want to say it because i'm too afraid of losing what i do get from you that's one yeah. example yeah 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 i get that that makes sense that's clear yeah. go go let's go to the example of time like okay. what i was giving you earlier like you know the complaint that i have is oftentimes yeah. they don't have enough time and so what would i get out of that like why would i <laughs> like why would i keep complaining about this thing you're saying i want it you're saying that i get a payoff out of not having enough time I'm saying, fuck you. I don't have time I, I, and I want right. more time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say that I would, I would have to do some forensics, right? Like, give me a situation where this shows up. Like, give me a common, give me the common structure. Like, what happens? What happens? Yeah. So what? I will go with my personal life. Let's just go with that. That'd be okay. So, so I'm really active in this group. I'm also running uh, a, the full-time wedding photography studio with my partner, Ben. So we're shooting weddings. Uh, I'm, I'm giving value to the photographers here. And then I guess I'm also trying to be as present as possible with my kids at home and with my wife, Leslie. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's oftentimes it's just this complaint that comes up. Sometimes it's just silently in my head of just like, I, like I, 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 I think, uh, well, it's not in my head. It's usually to Leslie. Like I need yeah. more time at work. I need an extra hour. I need, I'm going to need to come home late, you know, or, or I need mm -hmm. to change. So something has to change. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, so there's a lot in this one. Um, <laughs> so what is, what is the benefit? If you think about it. So when you find yourself late like that, what do you do when you, when that's, conversation comes up what behavior happens then like when you go well I, i'd like to have more time i gotta take you know i need to get more time from leslie what do you do i usually get frustrated i usually um find a reason then to just like constantly be on my phone at home like well i'm justified in it i'm like well i need to get stuff done and i can't be at work so i'm going to be here so that means i'm going to do what i need to do so when you're pressed you when you're pressed for time you take your phone out and you and you you start to talk on it or do what you do on it while you're with Leslie and the kids. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then what happens? Uh, it's usually tied with me being short 
with the kids, like, Hey, leave me alone. Give me space. I need to do my thing. Um, Leslie, you take them, you know, right. Uh, that type of like a, right. a move, you know? Right. So yeah, I get it. So um, when you do that, so you pull back from Leslie, basically you're, you're pulled back from Leslie and the kids, you tend to pull yeah. back yep. Yep. and yeah, you do absolutely. your business now. Um, so those are, that's what you do, right? So there's the complaint comes up, you get frustrated, you then take your phone out and you end up withdrawing from the kids and Leslie pulling yourself out. Yeah. Now, what's the benefit of doing that? What's the, if you were getting a payoff from that, what are some of, can you see what the payoffs would be from that? Well, like the obvious one is, well, I get to get more work done. So there's that. That's like the, the one that I like to pretend is the only one. <laughs> right. I yeah. Mean, we always see ourselves in a very virtuous light, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I think that I don't, I don't have to, well, also if I were to be honest with myself, a lot of the time that when I do just pull my phone out, it's usually just distractions on Instagram or some other social media. So it, even just being candid, like I'll just get kind of lost in that and I'll work and then I'll get lost and I'll get work. But so I guess the path is I get an excuse to kind of like, like a zone. Like I get an excuse to kind of just like uh, get an endorphin hit by looking at some social media sure. content. And, and you get, like you said, it's a distraction. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get to be distracted. So what do you want to be distracted from? Um, life. <laughs> well, there's no, there's a particular part of life. Like maybe, maybe this it could be distracted from like you, you know, your business, right? You yes. know, your business when you're in, you feel comfortable in your business. You're very good at what you do. Yes. You, you know, you enjoy the value that you add to people's lives. So there's like, there's a hit there, right? Mm -hmm. So that you may not, so, but do you feel that same kind of groundedness with your kids and your mm. wife? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't. Well, especially with my boys, with my girl, Jackie B, I, I do feel that there's a, there's like a, I find myself um, getting really short with the boys, you know, mm -hmm. far more often. For those of you who don't know, I've got twin boys. Uh, I should say this. I have two boys that are three years old and they happen to be twins. <laughs> I got Alex and Colin. And um, so I do find myself like, um, you know, because of their age, but also there's something that I do in my mind, you know, with them being these little, <laughs> these little dudes that, that uh, I, my relationship to interacting with them is different. And I find mm -hmm. that I fumble through it more frequently. More awkward, more yes. awkward. Yeah. Yes. And then with Leslie too, maybe, you know, there may, there might be, like, there's something in that you may be getting a payoff. You get to distract yourself from somewhere. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just suggesting this might be, as I'm listening, it sounds like distracting from a situation that you're, you don't have as much command over as you do in your career. Yeah, so that could be a possible. Much. So that could be a possible payoff. Even just right? risking with Leslie, with whatever she's gone through. Like the, the days have been hard for her. I know she's been through a lot. I well, I'm 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 assuming that she's likely been through a lot with the kids, mm -hmm. or or with anything. Yeah. And I don't know what where she's at, and yeah. it's and it's almost risky to know where she's at because maybe she's pissed off. Maybe she's frustrated. Maybe she's in a place you can't do anything about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And so maybe I'll just stay and and just work on some things, and then maybe when the kids come down, like go to bed, we'll you know. And so. if things are really like when things are like going on vacation, right? Yeah. Being with Leslie on vacation is something you absolutely want to do. So it's a, got more of a payoff, you know. The the usually if on the time thing is what it means is I really don't want to make the time for some reason, yeah. Right? Because if it was valuable enough, I would. Because I do make time for the things I value. And mm -hmm. so, and I can't have, and then the other thing is there's payoff, there's trade-offs, right? I, I only have so much time. Mm -hmm. So now what am I going to dedicate that time to? So that's all, those are all conversations that come up in there, but there's a lot of payoffs in avoiding issues and situations that I feel less control of and that there's a lot at stake at yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So th that might be, you know, part of what's going on in there. Well, and then you take it a level deeper. And then the irony is, I don't know if irony is the right word. I feel like I use the word irony inappropriately all the time. But the irony is then that it will typically create unrest at home, which then 
creates unrest at work. Yeah, that's I am irony. working on like some big stuff right that's now. Irony. That's irony. That's irony. <laughs> that is irony. And okay, good. And so the things I'm also terrified of doing at work, like I think the payoff is, well, now in case those things don't work out for me, like in case this mastermind group thing doesn't pan out. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I at least have now, well, uh, it was, I had to give so much at home. There was so much being demanded of me there. You can, you can, so, back, yeah, you're back. You can, you have an out. I have an out. Yeah, yeah. I have an out. And so it just as I'm taking it the next level and there's probably another level beyond that, but enough well, about me. <laughs> I have another, well, I have another thing in there. It's like any complaint. I really believe this. Hmm. That's chronic. Okay. That comes up over and over again. I found in my life is a story for me to not be dominated by what I say matters to me. It's a back door. Like say, work. You got to say that again or explain it in another so, way because I got to take a second. Well, like you just described, you just described it. I can use my complaints to keep me from being dominated by that which I say matters to me. Okay. Dominated meaning it's calling me to do, like there are certain things in my life, my commitments call me to right? My commitment to my family, my commitment to my calling, and my commitment to myself, mm -hmm. you know, developing myself. So when I, when my, like, and, and I don't believe in work-life balance. I think it's a problematic because it juxtaposes work against life. When I believe in work-life integration. Yeah, like a right? synergy, like, yeah. Yeah, like they, you integrate them. But to integrate them is to create a conversation that allows both of the, my family and my work to, to speak into each other, right? To, to like, so that I, it's because there's sometimes I'm going to be more focused on family. Sometimes I'm going to be more focused on work and I want them to work together. That's a whole different conversation that mm -hmm. we, because it requires me to be more vulnerable in both situations. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if I've got a complaint about it, what I'm saying is there's something I'm probably not willing to answer that it's calling me to a level of vulnerability that I'm afraid of, like you just said, I might fail here. So how do I need to be? How can I answer the calling of the mastermind group and the calling of my wife in a way that they're integrated in my family, my wife and family, so that they're integrated? What is missing, let's say at home, that would help integrate and that family could feel like they're really contributing and vice versa, right? So like, that's a whole different conversation, but it requires the willingness to do the homework because I don't know the answer until I get into it. I have to, and, and to get into it, I have to get into those situations that where I'm feeling most insecure yeah. and, and afraid. And I'm, and, and that's scary. Right. Yeah. So, so, but I, but thinking about how do I have my work because you're doing this, I can see it be an expression of all that I am of what I value and how can I have my family be that. Right. Mm. And that's, that's an ongoing process. So breaking that down and understanding the conversations that haven't, that are wanted and needed, particularly where you have the complaint, takes some effort, takes some yeah. work, right? Just like it does at work yeah. to discover how you can integrate the two. So the family, and when I talk to you and Leslie, I can see that Leslie's fairly integrated with you because she admires and respects what you're doing and knows how the, you know, to do that. So there's probably some more conversation there, but I can tell she's, you're in that dialogue because we mm -hmm. talk a lot. So, yeah. 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 Let's go. Cool. Does that make think, sense? It does. It does make sense. And I think playing uh, role playing this out a little bit in a real way helped hopefully for people, let me know in the comments, if that made sense, the, the idea that, that there might be a payoff for the, for the chronic complaint you know, the thing that you say that you don't want, what might you get out of it? Why does it keep showing up in your life? It's, it's like saving, it's like saving a little bit, right? Like I don't want to give all of it because this might not work. Yeah. So I'm going to save a little bit just in case it doesn't work. Yeah. And maybe somebody will come along and make it better. Maybe, you know, who knows, right? There's, there's, but I withhold a part of myself to be sure that I'm going to be okay rather than throw all of myself in and, and face what that, but that's usually the only way to find those key moments. Yeah. Right, is to get all the way in. There's this quote that I mentioned in the mastermind group maybe a couple of weeks ago. I think I was telling people this. <laughs> it was from Werner. Um, 
stop waiting for it to turn out. It already turned out. And, and this, this is, this how, is it how it turned out. That's right. <laughs> this is how it turned out. Um, so, so who are you going to be? What are you going to do from now on? You yeah. Know? I love Horner. Um, <laughs> hey, so one of the things that you've really helped me with and it's, and I, you know, um, I'm hosting this workshop at my house called abundance. And, um, uh, I was on the, I was on the phone with someone who wanted to come out to the workshop. And he asked me this question. I thought it was really interesting, but he asked me the question of Ben, like where, where did you learn these things that you're going to teach us? Like what makes, what makes you different than everybody else? Like, you know what I mean? Or where did these ideas come from? Is this just some book that you're just going to regurgitate to us? And I, I hadn't been asked that question before. It kind of put me on my heels, but the answer came pretty quickly when I just looked back at my life. And for me, the, the most impactful things that have, created the greatest results in my photography business have been outside of the photography industry yeah. has been constantly looking at other industries. Um, and then getting curious about what I could, how I could take a component of that and bring it into what I'm doing within the photography space. And I bring that up because one of the things that I've really learned from working with you that I've really learned from this, um, uh, I guess this domain is like the value of questions over answers. And I think in general, the photography industry really focuses in on having the right answers, having all the answers for your client, having answers for the lead, having the answers for why your work is and why you are worth it, why your work is valuable, all those answers. And so I've learned a lot about questions and um, I guess I'd love to hear your, you know, your thoughts on that, like, like the value, why is a question, I don't want to say it's more valuable, it just maybe produces a different result than an answer. Yeah. Okay. So first off, to me, there's nothing more important than understanding how reality works and how mm -hmm. to deal with it. Um, and the state of mind that I bring to the process makes all the difference. Right. So I found that it's helpful to think of my life as if it were like a game and each problem that I face is a puzzle that I can solve. I can get, but, it, but in order to solve it, I need to understand it, which puts me into a question, hmm. right? So to understand a problem, one has to be in a question. That doesn't mean you don't have assertions. That doesn't mean you don't have answers you're testing or ideas that you're testing, but living in a question is far more, it's compelling. It calls me into the problem. If I have an answer, I'm done looking. Hmm. Here's the answer. And you think about this, there's this woman named Maria Zarganik, who was a neuroscientist from Russia. She, there's an effect that she discovered called the Zarganik effect. And the Zarganik effect is she did some tests and she put, she basically put you know, all the electrodes on people and tested them. And, and she started reading different, different literature to them to see how their brains would fire off. And she noticed that when she read the parables from the, from the Bible, that the, the sayings of Jesus and, and also the stuff from Plato, Socr Socratic inquiry, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. that the brain had a lot of activity continued way after she read it. But when she read things that gave the answer, the, as soon as the answer was done, the brain activity set down. But that if, if like the parables, if you, because the parables don't give you an answer, they leave you in a question. A lot of what Socrates does is leave you in a yeah. question. And so that they, she noticed that for days, the brain would still continue to work with like all this activity in the brain. And they it would sit down and talk with people and they would still be thinking about those questions. And she noted that it's very interesting if people forget the sermon when they go to church one hour after the sermon, they forget it. They don't, you ask them what it was about, they forget it. Oh yeah. Because it, it's because it's like three very powerful points then tied up with a statement. Now, once you have the answer, your brain puts it away. But if you live in the question or you leave something undone, people stay in the question. They want to resolve it. They want to understand how can this be used in my situation? So their brain works harder. A lot of the work I do in our training room is designed around keeping people in the question, often leaving things undone, just letting them, like letting them, if, they're, if you get to an impasse, leave it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's 
or leave somebody, just leave them in the question. And they'll overnight, many people will say in the trainings that we do, the training happens when you go home. Yeah. Right. Overnight in the shower, because those questions are still going on. And, and that's really what I think is powerful. If people, you can give somebody a question. And I found that the wrong questions elicit responses that don't work like asking open-ended questions are what usually causes people to think about it right and like like a lot of times i'll give you an example in business something will not be working and business folks will ask questions about i gosh i wonder what's wrong with the process i wonder what needs to shift in the structure i wonder what people we need to move or remove and put new ones in Rarely do they ask, I wonder how we're working together that causes this. And that's 90% of the time. That's where we go first. Because if there needs to be a structural shift or a process shift, you don't want to make that if you have, if basically what you have is a way of work, you have a way of being together that's problem, mm-hmm. problematic, right? Mm-hmm. If people are distrusting, if they're competing unhealthily there's a lot of things they could be doing that are that are fouling the process or the structure and so if we can get to those belief systems like i I worked with a team with two teams these two companies national companies came together and and they they're competitors in this field but they took a government contract where they could both make 650 million dollars a piece in the first month and a half of that project we got nothing done so and and immediately the they hired us to come in because they, they tried shifting processes and structure and people, and they just couldn't figure it out. And, and, and I, they want to know what, what's missing in their leadership. I said, no, no, there's no amount of leadership that can solve this after we did the culture check. And what we found was that the, the engineers from each party, from each t- company were withholding secrets that were necessary because they were afraid they didn't trust the other side that they would go and use these secrets against them in the marketplace and other places. And so, and they had all kinds of legal documents to make sure that, you know, there were consequences for that, but they still didn't trust them. And until we got that out on the table and it took about a week to do that, we got it clear thing took off Yeah, because they needed to vet, they needed to explore and they needed to talk about why I don't trust you, what I need from you you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, no, I love that. There's, um, two thoughts came up for me as you were sharing this. One is, um, I was thinking again, just about abundance and, uh, one of the things that I share with people, and this is the thing with the workshop abundance is like, it's, it's, you know, we're going to lay out all the business stuff. We'll get to answers, but we don't just stop at answers at, at the abundance workshop. It's, it's also holding, holding ourselves accountable to exactly what it is that we got. There's a decent amount of personal development because I've discovered in the past of, I can give you all the answers, but then you're going to go back home and it all up. It's because you show up the way that you show up. (laughs) You sound like my wife now. (laughs) So there's a, there's a, there's a curiosity of like, okay, so what, you know, who might I need to be, you know? Yeah. And these are, these sound really esoteric, but you you can see, you can see, how you shift when you shift the question. Like, yeah. just notice, like one of the things we teach in our marriage workshop is neurologically, you cannot be angry and curious at the same time, hmm. right? So the minute, if you get curious about your anger, your anger will dissipate. If like, you get I curious wonder, about your anger, like, why am I angry? Like, I wonder what made me angry here. Or yeah, like, or what, what, what am I getting out of being angry right yeah, now? <laughs> that's right. What, why have I chosen anger? Because I, it, now it's not like I, it, it, it just shows up. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be angry now. You just get angry. But that's a meta conversation. There's something in the background that you're using the anger for to either protect mm. you or get what you want. Or, and this, this is well sought out in research stuff. It's not mm. like I'm making this stuff up. Yeah. I mean, this is neuroscience. We use our anger to get what we want. I mean, if you ever, you ever been on the, I'll never forget one time my kid got, you know, sent home from school and, and I'm lecturing him. I'm, you know, blah, 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 and then the phone rings, I get on the phone and it's the, it's the uh, principal from the school. And I'm like, immediately, oh, hello, you know, sister Johnson, <laughs> he was at a Catholic school and she's like, 
Oh, I wanted to tell you, we, you know, we sent your son home. I go, yeah, I've got him here. And, and I was really polite and listened to him and hung up. And then I turned around and went right back to it. And my son said to me, hey, dad, how is it that you could turn off that emotion, get on the phone, become a human being, and then turn back around and be a monster to me that quickly? I just want to know. He was like 14. I'm like, okay, good, good point. Like, could you just, <laughs> could you say the same thing without all the upset? Yeah. Like, what are yeah. you trying? He couldn't understand what I was saying because I was so upset. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't hear through the anger. Yeah. Right? And I thought that was, he goes, you did it with her, with Mrs. Johnson. You, but you, how come you can't do that with me? Yeah. No, that's wild. Because right. I was, and I, the answer was because I'm afraid that you won't do what I need you to do. <laughs> like, I want you to do this and I'm afraid you won't do it. So this is my way of handling insecurity, right? But that's yeah. what I came up with, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, even just real, like a, a real um, non-esoteric kind of idea around this of like the value of questions over answers. There's this uh, gentleman, Jonathan Stark. I, I love his uh, process. But Jonathan Stark, um, he says this. He says, um, if I say it, if I give you the answer, if I tell you, then it's selling. But if you say it, we are closing. Yeah, that's right. And 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 so that means that you can't you can't just keep having the answers over and over and over and over. It's just going to come across as convincing and selling, and um, and instead it's holding space. It's 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 asking them the right questions that allows them to arrive to the answer. Well, and and, and, no, and, and knowing what to ask, ask questions about, right? Yes, like, absolutely. I I mean I think a lot of times. It's interesting because the word answer, like what, when you hear answer, what does it mean to you? When I hear answer, it means without possibility. Like there's, there's um, like, this is the answer. Like this, right. it's so that, that so more like, could be true. yeah. So, an, so more like a, a conclusion. Conclusion. Sure. Yeah. Now, but it's interesting because answer means response. So if you ask a question, mm -hmm. it will compel a response. Okay. Yeah. Right. So there's in, in, in the sales that I've done, those um, like when I work with, if you ask the question, it causes a response and that response tells me more about where you are. Mm -hmm. and, and it's well known that those, if you're asking questions, you're actually, you're driving the conversation. It doesn't look like it, but you are, Yes. Yep. you're, you're guiding it. Right. So the, the more you can ask a question, the more you learn about what's there, but also the more you're directing the conversation because you're framing it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just like being at the doctor's office. It's the diagnosing process. It's like the doctor is the one asking you and how long has this been going on? And when it does go on, what, well, if you, you died, you did the whole question. And you know, when we were doing the, uh, that little role play of, of my complaint and when I got out of it, I, you were driving the conversation purely with inquiries. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, and I don't, I don't like to be evasive in the conversation, but I, a lot of times before I can make a statement or before I can take a stand, it's important to know where to stand. So how do I know that without understanding who I'm talking to? And mm -hmm. I can't do that without asking questions. Yep. And then I can declare myself into the conversation. What does right. that mean? Well, like, like when I said to you, well, um, when, when I could see after the questions, I could say, well, it sounds like this could be going on. It sounds like, like maybe you don't feel as, like the situations at home are less, uh, you're, you're, le you're less as, you don't have the control you have in your work. You don't mm -hmm. have, it's more vulnerable, right? That's, that's kind of a declaration. It sounds like that. Is that true? It's like a paraphrase. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a, what is, and so what I try to do is listen for the, the different labels people are using and then understand what they mean to them to make sure my we're on the same page. So mm -hmm. when I did a lot of that with you, I was asking oh, questions yeah. Yeah, to understand what all this meant. And then I, if I frame it, I can make it a frame that's relevant to you. And then if you say, yes, that's it, then we have a clearing. Now I can speak into it. I can say, I can make an assertion. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Love it. So, Dan, um, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for for chatting with me. I love I love these conversations. I get so Thank much you, out man. of them. They 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 just like fill my soul with like oh, there's just a lot of possibility of life, and uh, and it just it, it makes things. It, it like uh, what am I trying to say here? It it uh, it makes the day 
not mundane? Which, what would that be? It, it brings like a vitality to like- Yeah, my, vitality. Yeah, I love that word. <laughs> I, well, I, I thank you. I'm honored that you would include me. I watch you all the time. I think you're fantastic. I love the work you do. Appreciate and I've, I've watched you online. So I was really uh, honored and flattered that you would have me come talk with you. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Dan, where can people find out more about Taking New Ground? Uh, you can, we have takenewground.com is the, the website, but you can also um, frustratedfounder.com and um, you can reach us on uh, Take New Grounds on Facebook and, and on LinkedIn and Instagram. And my partner, Adrian Kaler is very, he's got a big presence on Instagram and you can yeah. connect with us that way. We do a lot of work with founders and and coaching and that kind of thing. We love that. We've got lots of content and we've got a podcast, the Naked uh, Naked Leadership, it's called. Yeah. And, and it really basically we're having conversations about, you know, things that founders and leaders don't generally talk about. That's why we call it Naked Leadership. So get naked online there. And <laughs> try to get into the issues that they don't like to talk about or they want to talk about, but don't have anybody to talk about them with. Yeah. So Love it. Awesome, Dan. Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate you. You guys uh, go check these, uh, these links out. Let me know if you guys have any questions. You can just post them in this, uh, in this video comment stream and I'll pop in there and, and see what you guys have to say. So cheers, Dan. Thank you, Ben. Bless you. Yeah, we'll Thanks, talk sir. next week with, uh, with coaching. I look forward to it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Bye, buddy. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening, podcasters. Uh, really appreciate it. My, my last plea, my last call for you is to come and join the Mastermind group. Sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. That's how you get it. S-I-X, sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. Would love to have you be a part of that free community. And, and the last thing I'll say is this. The podcast is great. You get to listen to me. You get to hear me. It's wonderful. And the mastermind group, every day I'm doing live videos. And that means that they're at three o'clock every day, Monday through Friday, uh, you can comment and you can engage and you can say hi and you can ask me a question and you can see my face instead of just listening to me. And there's a really powerful, I would say, difference that occurs when it is a two-way street. Right now, you're just you're just taking it all in. But in the mastermind group, I get to hear from you. I get to interact directly with you. I've got to hear what you're I get to hear what you're what you're wrestling with, what your concerns are, what are the problems that you're that you're overcoming, what are the wins that you are celebrating today. And I'm really excited to have that dialogue with you. I can't wait to meet you in the Mastermind Group. We'll see you there, you guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Yeah.